0: Acts chapter 1, Jesus has ascended to heaven, the disciples see him taken up in a cloud, they stare, two men dressed in white appear and assure them that this same Jesus will come back that's a very important statement because everything that we do in our life as Christians we do looking forward for the coming of Jesus Christ It's an important statement because it reminds us that as we serve Him, as we worship Him, as we obey Him, we are also waiting for Him. And in our text today, we see a glimpse of waiting. The disciples return to Jerusalem a Sabbath day walk. It was the kind of walk that was acceptable on a Sabbath. They walk to Jerusalem. They return back to the upper room where they stay. The disciples have to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. They don't know how long they're going to wait, but they have to wait. And say they... They, they go to this upper room, and we are told in verse 12, if you can look at verse 12 with me. When they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city, when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying, Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They go to the upper room Verse 14 tells us, they all joined together constantly in prayer. Constantly. Prayer became their lifestyle. They continued in prayer. Along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his Brothers, the brothers of Jesus. After Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph had other sons. His brothers in Matthew 13, 55, we are told, are James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. These brothers of Jesus, at first, they did not believe in Jesus. Jesus. But now they are together as his disciples, which tells us that they have come to believe in him. They are together with the apostles and the women that ministered to Jesus waiting for the Holy Spirit. They have now joined in waiting and they are together praying as they wait they pray the same arrogant self-centered disciples are now showing the submission their submission to Christ by turning their waiting into a prayer meeting The same disciples who were struggling to understand what Jesus meant wherever he told them that he was going to die and that the time will come, he will return back to heaven, are now gathered together and they are praying. And then Peter stands up as the leader. In verse 15, we are told... He stood up among the believers, a group numbering 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. And Luke gives us a a comment there from verse 18. He says, with the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field there. He fell headlong, headlong, his body burst open, and his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this. So they called that field in their language, a keldama, that is field of blood giving us a detailed information on how Judas died. We know he hanged himself, probably after hanging himself, he fell, his body fell, and it burst out. It's not a good scene, but it also expresses the devastation of his choice, the consequence of his choice. Peter continues to say here, For it is written in the book of Psalms. Referring to Psalm 69 verse 25. May his place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in it. And then referring to Psalm 109 verse 8. He says may another take his place. Of his leadership. Peter realizes here that uh, Jesus had chosen 12 apostles. The apostles were 12, the disciples were many. Chose 12. And because Judah has taken himself out, he needs to be replaced. And therefore, he brings this up to the other apostles. He continues to say, it is necessary to choose one of the men. Here, he's giving us the qualification of being an apostle. One of the men who has been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us. Beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us someone that has been with us, they have seen Jesus from the beginning of his ministry to the end of his ministry. That is the person that can qualify to be an apostle. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And so they nominated two men. Joseph, called Basabas, also known as Justus, and Matthias. Then they prayed. Everything they are doing here, they are doing it in the context of prayer. This is one way they are showing their submission. The apostles are important. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20 says the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. The church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ being the cornerstone. One thing that the apostles do here as they wait, which is very important for you and me, is that they refer, they turn to God's word to do what is right. Peter says scripture has to be fulfilled. And then he names the particular scriptures that he is applying in this context. They turn to God's word to do what is right. And this is a hint for you when you find yourself in a time of waiting. You can pray and turn to God's word. To make sure what you are doing is right. The second thing that they do... After they turn to God's word... Verse 23... They nominated... After nominating Justice and Matthias... And praying... Everything they are doing is in the context of prayer... And this is their prayer. They say, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then after praying, they cast lots. This was a way of making decisions during that time. They cast lots and the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the 11 disciples. They turn to God's word to do what is right. And then, number two, they accept God's choice without complaining. There's no call. For a recount. They accept God's choice. The apostles turn to God's word. They are doing everything right. And then they select two men. So they come to the Lord with two men. And they let the Lord decide whom should take Judah's place. Every time we go to the Lord in prayer, we usually have choices. Uh, Maybe you don't have choices when you pray. I usually do. I come to the Lord in prayer, and on one hand, I have what I think I need, or what I want to see happen. If I'm praying for someone who is sick, on my one hand, I want that person to be healed, If I'm praying for a marriage that is having conflict on my hand, I am praying for this couple to have peace with one another, to reconcile, to humble themselves. But on the other hand, I'm open to receive What God has, and sometimes what He has is so different from what I want, and that at times is hard to accept. In fact, that's what makes prayer difficult. Mm. Because when we are praying, even though we are presenting our desires, we are also submitting to God's desires. And sometimes God's desires are so different. The disciples are doing that here. They are showing their submission by committing their request to the Lord. And when they take lots, they are doing so knowing that the person who is going to be chosen will be chosen by the Lord and not by us. By taking lots they are submitting to God's will. And that's why they accept God's choice. The apostles realize that their strength, their joy and their peace depends on their submission. And this is something that Christians still struggle with. We struggle with submission. If you truly believe that God is powerful, you truly believe that he is in control, you truly believe that his will will always be done you should be comfortable enough to accept his choice I wouldn't go farther than that (laughs) I know what you are thinking. (laughs) A time of waiting is a time of prayer. When you have to wait, the best thing you can do is pray. Pray. And turn to God's word. When you are facing a tough decision, pray. Pray that God may make the choice for you. Pray that God may lead you where he wants to lead you. Pray that his will may be done. Prayer is one of the most neglected spiritual disciplines. In fact, let me say this. Most men don't pray. Christian men. Compared to Christian women. And for an average Christian, they would rather attend a birthday party than a prayer meeting. Prayer, even though it's one of the most effective and powerful tools that God has given us, it's the most neglected. How is your prayer life? Would you you consider yourself a prayerful person? You know, I've realized most people who say, I will pray for you, they don't pray for you. I like what my wife does. When she receives an email, a text uh, of someone asking for prayer, the moment she reads it is the moment she prays. Amen. Amen. Like, we can be talking, and then she receives a text. She looks at it, and she's like, okay, just give me a minute. And she starts praying. I'm like, what have I done? And one day I asked her, you, you, why, why, why do you do that? And she said, if I don't pray, I might forget. Yeah. It takes a commitment to pray. And that's a commitment as Christians we need to make. It is difficult to pray because, listen to this, Prayer is an act of submission. It is an act of submission. When we are coming to the Lord in prayer, we are submitting to Him. That's why in the Bible, of course, there are so many poses of praying. You can pray while standing. You can pray while lying down. You you see that in in the Scripture. The most common posture is kneeling. And when you kneel, you are submitting. You are exalting whoever you are kneeling before. It is an act of submission, And that's what it makes it hard for us to pray because it is hard for us to submit. You know, we talk about comfort zone. We, I hear, hear people talking so much, oh, God is calling you to come out of your comfort zone. No. That is wrong. God is not calling you to come out of your comfort zone. Because where you are is not your comfort zone. Your comfort zone is where God wants you to be. Because God is the source of your comfort. And if he is calling you, then where he's calling you from cannot be your comfort zone. If you are not a believer, yes, you may find comfort where you are. You may want to stay there. But as a believer, you should realize that your comfort is in Christ. And where Christ wants you to be, that's where your comfort is. And when you are somewhere else, you are missing that comfort. When the disciples were in the boat at night and then they saw Jesus walking on the water and they were terrified and Jesus said to them it is I do not be afraid and Peter said lord if it is you allow me to walk on the water also and Jesus said and Peter jumped from the boat and he walked on the water and then he saw the wind and the waves and he began to fear and he doubted and he started to sink and Jesus reached out and lifted him up and told him you of little faith why did you doubt? now you should ask yourself At what point did he doubt? And mostly when you hear that text being preached, we condemn the disciples who remained in the boat. Because we think that jumping out of the boat and walking on water, going to Jesus is a show of great faith. Jesus says no. He says you of little faith. The disciples who remained in the boat did so in obedience to Jesus Christ who had told them, it is I, do not fear. It takes faith and courage to wait on the Lord just as it takes faith and courage to obey the Lord. The disciples who remained in the boat remained where Christ wanted them to be. Prayer is an act of submission and in that submission we find our comfort. And it is in that comfort that God is glorified. It is in that comfort that our hopes are revived. It is in that comfort that we do God's will. So next time, instead of thinking that where you are is your comfort zone, ask yourself whether where you are and what you are doing is where the Lord wants you to be, and it's what the Lord wants wants you to do because as a believer my friend your comfort can only be in Christ you cannot find it anywhere else I wish I had another option I would have given you but someone may say and this is very true I have prayed and nothing happened I have prayed and the situation got worse. I have asked and there was no answer. I have knocked and no one opened the door. I tried to seek but I couldn't find and some of us are tempted to give up praying because of that. Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He had a similar experience. He prayed to the Lord Because of the thorn in his flesh, the pain that he was experiencing. And he says, Three times I asked the Lord to take the pain, the thorn, away from me. Three times the Lord said, My grace is sufficient for you. Three times. And then he realized that his pain was there so he could rely on God's grace. And once he realized that, his attitude changed. And Apostle Paul says, From now on, I will glorify the Lord in my weakness because when I am weak, He is He realized that he needed to allow God's power to fill him so that God can be seen in him. So that Christ can be glorified in him. He turned his attention from his pain to the glory of God. Instead of complaining, he started praising He submitted to God's power. You know, when we pray, we are saying to God, Father, I cannot go on without your intervention. Prayer is an act of submission. I cannot continue to live with this woman I cannot continue to live with this man without you helping me, God. I cannot continue to love this person, God, if you're not going to intervene. It's when you realize that in your own strength, you cannot do what the Lord is asking you to do. Father, give me the wisdom to speak to my son in a way that he can understand. Help me. As a man in your house, and you are struggling to provide the spiritual leadership that God wants you to provide, that is a prayer you can make. You can turn to the Lord and say, Father, I cannot do this. Without your help. Because you have tried everything. It doesn't take our strength. It takes the Lord's strength. When we pray. We yield our struggles. Our pain. Our worries. Our depressions. Our difficulties. To the Lord. It is an act. Of submission. When we pray, we are telling the world, there is someone else who has the answer. We are telling the world, there is someone else who has the solution, and we are turning to that person for the solution. How is your prayer life? Do you consider yourself a prayerful person? The disciples committed themselves to prayer, submitted themselves to Christ through prayer. If anything, you and I need to learn to submit to the Lord. Through prayer, I am praying that God may raise up praying men, praying men, men who are not ashamed of submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Men that have realized that on their own strength they cannot perform and they are willing to commit themselves to the Lord. I'm praying for that. Pray with me that the Lord may raise men from this church who are willing to show their submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ by praying. But here are two things that I will also challenge you to do pray often with other believers. Pray often with other believers. Whenever there is an opportunity for you to pray with other believers, take that moment. When someone shares with you their struggles, another believer shares with you their struggle, take a minute right there and pray. Don't make a promise. Don't say, I will pray for you. That's very easy to say than to commit. Pray with them right there. And let us become a church that prays. And the second thing I would challenge you as you pray, trust in God's faithfulness. Know that he is faithful and that he will do his will. Yes, you may have your choice, but because prayer is an act of submission, trust in God's faithfulness. Be ready to receive what God has in store for you. Because God's choice is always the best choice. Father, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for the promises that you've given us. I thank you for your word. And Father, I pray that you may revive our lives. That you may give us a burden to pray. A desire to submit to you. That Father... you may show yourself strong on our behalf as you lead us to our knees. In Jesus' name, amen.